Hi there. Welcome to the From Lab to Launch podcast by Qualio, where we share inspiring stories from the people on the front lines of life sciences. Tune in and leave inspired to bring your life-saving products to the world. Now let's get started with Robert, Qualio founder and CEO, and our show host. Hi, everyone. I'm delighted to have you join us for today's conversation with Joan Melendez, CEO of Accelerate UDI. Did you know about $6 billion is spent each year in medical device recall management? Having a product recalled is probably a medical device company's worst nightmare. But once something gets recalled, the communication between the FDA and manufacturers and healthcare facilities all involved in the workflow of that product often break down or are slow to respond. This results in patients becoming highly at risk. To solve this, Joan created Accelerate UDI with a goal to improve patient safety at the point of care by leveraging the power of the unique device identification system for medical devices and biological tissues. Accelerate UDI uses innovative barcode scanning technology to capture the data required by the FDA and digitally document the patient health record with precision and accuracy. Joan has over 25 years building and optimizing healthcare applications, specializing in perioperative anesthesia and trauma workflows. She shares some great insights with us today about starting a company with a big mission. And with an 800% increase in recalls in recent years, a byproduct of companies increasingly moving faster in this space over time, there has never been a more important time than now to focus on quality and alerting and patient safety. I hope you enjoyed this one. I'd love to learn, Joan, about the work you're doing with Accelerate. And from there, I have a ton of questions about how you got here, you know, lessons learned, some challenges, some interesting things that, that happened along the path. I think the journey of people who are, you know, start companies, lead companies, grow companies, build companies, it often looks hard to understand how do you get there and what is it like to do that. So I appreciate you sharing some of your story with us today. Um, oh, of course, and- my pleasure. Maybe to kick off, yeah, tell us a bit about Accelerate and and, um, your product like Accelerate UDI. Yeah, well, again, thanks so much for having me on your show. Um, Accelerate UDI, we're actually a minority and women certified business, uh, which is really exciting. Thanks to Debbie, our assistant. Uh, She did a lot of work on certification. Um, And we specialize in safety, patient safety, um, surrounding medical device and biologic usage. And um, how we do that is we sit on top of any of the electronic health records um, and we scan the manufacturer's barcode um, on on the medical device and validate the, you know, whether it's recalled, if it's been reported correctly to the FDA. So we do a lot of analytics just with that little scan that actually yeah. prevents the use of unsafe items. How, how do you solve that problem? How do you get that unified identifier? And for, for context, maybe kick off with, can you explain to people some of the, the stats or the detail about the defragmentation? And as somebody who's worked in drug development, I, I get it. But for those of you people who aren't and, and devices in particular, maybe tell us a bit about the supply chain and its complexity. Yeah, so I'm, I think that people are starting to understand the complexity of medical device management just because of the vaccine <laughs> insanity yeah. that's happening right now, right? So really when you're looking at medical device, the supply chain, 
you know, how do you know when it's shipped? You have your supply mm -hmm. chain department who's in charge of that piece. Then you have your operating room who's in charge of other pieces. So there's really not that communication of the product. People think, well, why isn't it like Walmart? It's mm -hmm. just not. We don't, the systems haven't been in place. Yeah. And so, you know, when you get these medical devices in, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that we in, work with our hospital clients is that we want to make sure that we get the product in-house that has the longest shelf life, right? So if it's if it's manufactured uh, date is, you know, five years prior to the expiration, we want that five years prior. We don't want something that's expiring within the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that whatever's coming into the hospital facilities, we scan the products to make sure they're not expired, recalled, or counterfeit. Um, mm -hmm. And then at that last moment, right, when we're handing off that surgical device, an implantable device, a mesh uh, breast mm -hmm. implant, anything like mm -hmm. that, we're scanning it at the last opportunity to, again, validate, has this just been recalled? You know, so today is a great example of, uh, of the problem that we have in the industry with um, manufacturers working with the FDA, thinking they're doing the right thing and notifying the hospitals at the same time. One thing I don't think people realize is uh, medical devices are voluntarily recalled. Um, yeah. So we can get into that piece later. But so the manufacturer sent out a recall notification to the hospitals, you know, that it's sold to. And yeah. also notified the FDA at the same time, but the FDA hasn't updated their websites yet. Yeah. So what happens, it introduces that time frame where that device can be being used on a patient. Great, great explanation of, I believe, why the unique, ident unique device identifier it can be a mouthful or UDIs, which we of course like uh, to, to call it, is why, why yeah. it's important. You also mentioned that you're talking about arriving at the facility, the healthcare facility, and right before the point of use and you also work directly with the manufacturers that's correct so you kind of follow yes. along the full spectrum how did you do that i, I want to get to your journey and some <laughs> the certifications you have but as somebody you know a quality we're a software company we know our customers and you sound like you have a lot of different stakeholders like to get a, this product built and design it is one thing but how did you get everybody playing ball along the way and, and with their different incentives and the surgery place they're busy and yeah, hospital yeah. bay, you're dealing with a different person and the manufacturer is completely different as well. Right. It's it's still, you know, an ongoing yeah. challenge. And you have yeah. some manufacturers who embrace you and you have some manufacturers who send you threatening letters. But yeah. <laughs> I've, I personally have not gotten a threatening letter, thank God. But, um, you know, once you once you tell the manufacturers what you're doing, ours is all about patient safety. The yeah. reason they have notified um their clients of that recall mm -hmm. or adverse, you know, the buildup of adverse events is because they want it removed. They want to make yes. sure that they don't have products on the market as well. It's like $6 billion recall management wow. a year, $6 billion just for the management. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's, that's why, that's you know, a lot, of waste. a lot of money and there's, and yeah. so you have, you have the supply chain, uh, you have the use. So where are mm -hmm. you sending that recall notification, right? So once we work with both sides, they see the importance because we're giving the manufacturer back real-time data. So as soon as they send that announcement, we were able to pull four products today. Yeah. And so what did today. we do we today? We prevented the use of four items. And, these, uh, and, and that one has not been broadcasted. The FDA hasn't released it yet. So, yeah, you know, that's insane. 
Yeah. So we get on the horn and we notify like ECRI, who's one of our competitors. But when we know of a recalled item, we're going to notify everybody in our Mm -hmm. industry. We're going to make sure that everybody knows that there is a device that's that's on the market that the manufacturer wants removed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they have a stake in it. And so they're very excited yeah. that we're partnering with them. Six billion is a big number in it an is. area that a lot of people are, aren't aware of. I, I will come back to a little bit of the costs of this today and, and getting it wrong and how you help get it right. But I, I want to talk a bit about you, right? So this is, it's, it's a niche area or a niche area. Uh, you could see from outside of the industry. What was your path to, to this? You know, I started this path when I was really young. I started working in a medical office when I was yeah. 11. So my mom was a nurse. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was put in charge of uh, the vaccines, in fact. So making sure uh, that we had that follow through yeah, of everything. So And it also then went to the administration of um, making sure that the patients had the, the, the correct info sent to the hospital to make sure that that encounter was safe. I've seen too many patients die because there were medical record informations missing between the time that they, you know, like fell and hit and hurt their hip, which is basically really an elective surgery, but they ended up having yeah. surgery and their heart condition is what killed them. So that's how I got involved. So when you're starting to look at, you know, at the prevention from just records, I started seeing these these recall events just stacking up and the FDA um, opened up um, for innovation. You know, everybody knows that term novel now (laughs) because we have that novel virus. So they have novel medical devices, right? So you can take a Band-Aid and you can say that, oh, now I'm using it as a... um, as a medical, like a biologic without actually Mm -hmm. um, thin repair on the bone. But they don't have to go again through um, the 510K process for approval. They are grandfathered in. So, you know, and that's when you're starting to see these recalls um, increase. I think it's between 2016 and 2018, there was an 800% Mm -hmm. increase in recalls. So again, you know, it's all these things that I was seeing even, you know, years ago um, that there were falling through the cracks. So how could I help um, as a small person, you know, to be a town crier? Yeah, 800% is another big statistic. I'm curious, is that because of better responsiveness or more products or more problems or a combination? It's because of innovation. It's because there's Uh, there's really no accountability, in my opinion. I'm sure there are other opinions as well, but... That's just statistically what I'm seeing when I'm looking at the data. I would share just part of our, our hypothesis of, of why what we do Qualio is important. And I won't talk about us much, but I'll talk about the, the theme that something that we monitor quite a lot is this concept that, you know, speed and velocity and versus quality of products in, in the modern world when we're seeing this rate of innovation uh, Across like software biology that's really ramped up. It feels like they're opposing forces. And in order to move at the velocity these companies or products often need to, it's hard to maintain a quality standard. So I think it's it's no surprise you start to see more recall activity. And it's a very unfortunate tension. I think that, right. that gets that gets created. Was there a moment when you said that, you know, you know what, I can be part of solving this? Yeah, yeah. When I did an analysis of a 
current application um, in 2015 um, for one of my healthcare uh, clients. Um, the nurses left um, the demo of how their workflow would change um, using their existing EHR. Um, they yeah. left the room crying hysterically and wow. saying that you have to do something for us. So I took that challenge yeah. on and, and created an application that, you know, is really a game changer in the industry. How did you get started from that moment? I'm curious as to, like, I, I, it doesn't sound like you have a background in technology, yet your product, I guess, utilize, utilizes some hardware and software. It's whole yeah. manufacturing supply chain of its own. Yeah, I actually do have a, a background in technology as well. Um, I uh, started off, I, I have my degree in management information systems. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So I have that medical that and an IT background. So yeah, it, it totally helps. And for me, I just have that innate ability to really look at workflows and mm -hmm. how can I streamline and optimize a workflow that's being yeah. impeded by something. Yeah. When did you launch? Uh, we launched back in UPMC in, in Pennsylvania. That was my first client. Awesome. So I had a big client for the first client. Yeah, that's a big first client. That's a lot, a lot of pressure. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yes. When was that? What year? Uh, 2015. Yeah. 2015. So, so yeah. from that start to four recalls in one day. So far, it's, it's like 11, 15 a.m. here in, in Pacific time where we both are. So the yeah, no, I've been going since yeah. five o'clock this morning because uh, yeah. I have I have clients to support on the east, uh, uh -huh. east coast. So I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> problem. Uh, what were some of the biggest lessons learned along that path? Yeah, there were a lot of lessons learned, right? Because you know we had to figure out. Um, you know, we looked at all the regulations. So we're you know we're very science based. Um, yeah. So the last four years have been challenging because it you know it. it it's amazing how it affects your your psyche when there's so mm -hmm. much um, negativity about science. So um, we look at all of the FDA regulations. We make sure that we're um, following the regulations to the T. So looking at that, making sure that the processes are, are well groomed and then working with the manufacturers. The challenge was how, how as a, a woman of one with with two assistants, you know, how, how can we really do that? So mm -hmm. it was a challenge in the beginning, but you know, we, we made it through it. The good thing is I have great friends who are, are really good sounding boards who helped um, in, you know, the trajectory of, of the business. Yeah, and along that path, in addition to launching, you mentioned you focus on science. It also thinks that you, it looks like you focus on, on quality as a lot of your yes. work, um, you know, yes. um, you got you got it's certified for the EHR technology certification, right? The right, we're the only exactly yeah. we're the only CEHRT certified uh, technology company by the ONC. Uh, the other ones, the big ones, you know, the Epics, the um, Cerners of the mm -hmm. world, uh, they are certified. But the certification for us, you know, again, we took it literally. We went through step yeah. one through step five, and if we didn't. You know, if we wouldn't have passed on step one, we wouldn't have gone further where some of the uh, EHRs actually said that they passed all those and they haven't because it's on their uh, road now. Yeah. yeah. So I feel really good about, you know, where we yeah, are. Congratulations. Um, thanks. We just, um, you know, because of the problem uh, that we're having globally with COVID, 
um, you know, our application, again, is for medical devices and biologics, right? So vaccine is a biologic. So yeah. there are critical steps that you have to take, especially with the Pfizer vaccine, because you have a diluent that you have to add into mm -hmm. it. So you have the temperatures, you have the timings. There are three different timings. If at any part of that time, it, it can become expired and you have to toss it. It's, it's no longer a valid, yeah. a valuable um, product as you, you know, with quality. So we're looking at all those quality steps along the way. Um, so we were able to retool our application so that when, you know, like the states, they have no idea how much they ordered, right? Yeah. So we could actually just grab the data from Moderna and Pfizer directly. And within our clearinghouse, we have all that data of uh, what was purchased, what was used, what was wasted, um, ad adverse events. So we're pulling all that data in, in one source. So are you already working with some of the supply chain around the distribution of the COVID vaccines right now? We're trying to break in. It's, it's a hard, yeah. you know, we're little. So, um, yeah. you know, we came in between um, uh, Microsoft and Salesforce for the, for a state. So I feel yeah. really good because we were That's awesome. Microsoft. The only reason they chose Microsoft was because, you know, Goliath. And that's what they said. Yeah. You guys can do yeah. so much more, but we have to go with, I'm like, well, at least we came in number two. <laughs> you, you know what? It's, you know, oftentimes the first step one is get on the podium and the steps next step, you can kind of finish first on that. that that's a really awesome story. Uh, exactly. I'm curious, kind of looking back, what you're solving a problem set that you mentioned the $6 billion a year is, is like, I'll kind of wasted because the goal is to prevent recalls along right. the way. But of course, when they happen, you want to make sure it's as quick and as efficient and as cost effective as possible to manage. And right. that number being powered by an 8x, eightfold increase in, essentially in two years, I'm sure. I'm not, know, I'm not sure what it is right now, but it's probably bigger. It's I mean, much worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big takeaway I'm taking from this is this is something that only people who are exposed to this problem set are aware of it. But it's really interesting how big within healthcare in particular, there are so many like multi-billion dollar opportunities where as uh, building a product and building a company, you can build a company of meaning, but you can also do something with a really positive net impact. So I think that's a takeaway for me, just another data point supporting that. I'm curious for people who are working across healthcare in particular, who are kind of hitting walls and what they're doing and like this shouldn't be this way or I have this fix I do that I do with me and my team and my, my part of a hospital or something. How, any advice for people who kind of have those problems and feel they could solve it but are unsure about how to get started? Yeah, just reach out. To, yeah, yeah, reach out. Yeah. I mean, I love it when people contact mm -hmm. me and say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And, you know, you have to have mentors. That's the only way yeah. you get anywhere in life, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big researcher. I, you know, I've reached, researched everything there is to know about the vaccines, um, for example. So, and, and yeah. the throughput. So we really know about, about that, um, that good chain of custody, as we call it. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, anything, even, you know, how, how to, uh, get better acceptance from, you know, some of the more challenged or underserved communities, right? So if you have a great idea of how you can increase that, there's a lot of things you can do with research and, and leaning on people and building better communities, you know? Yeah. And we covered some of the downsides of some of the 
speed, right, with the increases in recalls. But the positive for that is it does create space and opportunity for people to try new things, right, and, and build their products and solve things that maybe it might not move the bottom line for Pfizer right now, but maybe it's still a really important thing to do. So right. uh, we see that as part of the the other side of that scale. So I think that that's excited. Um, looking forward, Joan, um, big year for you, it sounds like recently. Big year. Uh, coming up against some heavyweights and, and getting <laughs> close to a few things. I think I think it sounds like the future is positive. But uh, if you were to take a step back and kind of look really far forward, five, 10 years or whatever time frame you think about, I mean, where, would, where do you think your company could be in five, 10 years from now? You know, I really think that our company is going to be the clearinghouse for uh, adverse events and uh, recalls. If you look at our uh, UDI clearinghouse yeah. platform, you know, it really encompasses everything. We have it built so that a manufacturer can go view anything, any reports back from a hospital. A hospital is, you know, they don't like to share a lot of the information and we're not sharing it across to all manufacturers. So when, you know, a manufacturer comes in, they see the data that their hospital is being used um, and everything. So I really feel like, you know, we can be um, part of that strength because if you look at the FDA, Right now, there are 15 plus recall databases across the three divisions that we deal with. So uh, that's a lot of places that people have to go look for a recalled event. Yeah. Um, and they're not in sync. Um, you know, we just uh, looked uh, the last update um, for the FDA's main source, um, which is where most manufacturers and third party um providers get the information, the last time it was updated was a 10th. So oh, that's January? 17 days, yes. Yeah. 17 days Still of data that's while. missing. Yeah. yeah. And we have it since uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I love how you um, just described that, that vision for the future, Joan. I'm really excited for you folks. I'm happier again that we've got a chance to connect and looking forward to staying in touch along your journey in the future. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Or I think we got some interesting notes to add to the show notes and a couple of interesting links. No, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, everybody, please stay safe. We do have a vaccine that is safe. You know, again, it depends on the timings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, people are informed um, from the time that it's taken out of the freezer to when it is actually put in your arm so that you know that it's safe. We want to hit that 94% um, that were yep. shown, you know, in the trials. And the only reason that it was shown is they followed very strict protocols. So, you know, be safe, be aware, um, and always ask for help. Yeah. Uh, Joel, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining today. Thank you so much Stay for your time. Stay safe and uh, keep in touch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of From Lab to Launch, brought to you by Qualio. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give the show a positive review. It really helps us out. For more information about Qualio, our guest today, or to be a guest on a future episode, please refer to the show notes. Until next time.